Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. again fellow basement dwellers nerds of all kind happy memorial day weekend it is time for yet another edition of bandwagon nerds bandwagon nerds coming to you right here on the chair shot radio network a part of the chairshot.com where we remind you to always use your head it is chairshot.com always use your head man it's always good to hear christopher platt you know it 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 makes it makes my day it it it, it does something to my nipples tony I, I don't know i mean yeah exactly exactly they're they're swinging they're they're pointed they're they're excited uh of course i am not this is episode 185 we are 15 away from 200 oh my goodness we're getting there the streak is getting serious uh, even more serious but of course i'm not alone here today we are joined, of course, by the one and only, the live studio audience, the man of many nipples, the one and only PC Tunney. Isn't, isn't uh, that like a medical? Let me tell you something. <laughs> I Yes, many being two. I have two. This is not a Chanther Bing situation. Um, you know, if we do a double episode one week, then 200 would fall on Memorial Day week. But otherwise, right now, it's looking like September 11th is going to be our 200 200- so this is so, Memorial Day weekend. I mean, Labor, Labor Day week. Yeah, you know, you you meant what I know. So at this rate, 
on September 11th, the 200th episode will drop on the, what would that be, the 22nd anniversary of uh, September 11th. We may have to change that. That 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 might be bad mojo. We just do double episode week. Like, maybe we have a, we, you know, maybe we have a really long show one week and we go part one, part two, and it'd be post it the same day you know Johnny, I'd, be, I'd be having shit to do bro what are you talking about you're not here every week anyway fair <laughs> you you fair. heard his voice not anymore not, not anymore not a, he's 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 he's, he's at least semi-regular i mean he's here a lot. he is a lot the reverend ray cash joining us here on this memorial day broadcast uh he is semi-regular he is of course the favorite of one patrick o'dowd right tony i mean it's ray so <laughs> Last week I was working for Patrick. This week I'm working for Tony. Tony's applauding Ray. Happy to happy that you're here, brother. I am well, happy you're here. I appreciate that. Ray. I appreciate that. Uh, by the way, Patrick just broke his phone for the record. Yeah, that he heard cheers from me. That that's uh, right. And and yeah, like I'm, I am the fourth chair here. I just travel a lot and I have kids. You're like so when, you're happened. like when Green Day added that uh, extra guitarist. You know, and no, no, no I don't talks. like that because Green Day is a trio. That has a touring guitarist that sits that fills in when Billy Ray has to play r- rhythm. Well, I don't like you're, that. You're kind of like that. I mean, you know, but you're be- you're more important than that. So, Ray. so basically, you're calling me Pat Smear in Nirvana. That's what you're calling me. No, you could be Jason Freeze though from Green Day. I mean, that's you know, I, I'm just at really... least see. There's the difference. I don't even know that hom- homie's name. Okay. I know Pat Smear. <laughs> I don't even know homie from Green Day. <laughs> He's Pat just Smear. the other guy. Speaking of our fearless leader Pat Patrick Smear, O'Dowd. Tiny. He may actually jump in here. He is added to the call. He's going to try and jump in. He's he's busy with uh, getting these. That's, that's, that's not your best. It's not your best joke, Tony. That's 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 low. That's on the bottom half. Sorry, Dave. Please continue. <laughs> bottom feeding. Uh, but Pat's busy with uh, getting kids the hell out of UMass this weekend, so uh, he can't be here today. But he may jump in. I have added him to the call. We'll see if we get a a. A sighting of one Patrick O'Dowd. He will appreciate, of course, PC Tunney booing him, but um, anyway. Patrick O'Dowd. <laughs> it's kind of a, a little bit of a light week for news and stuff going on. I mean, we're ge- gearing up because June's going to be a big month. Um, we got Across the Spider Verse coming next weekend. I know Patrick's already got tickets for that. I have to see whether I'm going to go. I do want to see that. Um, Flash is coming up in a couple weeks. We are going to talk about the final trailer for The Flash in our. Brief visit to the trailer park and just some general news around the Nerdosphere with some uh, writer strike impacting some things, not impacting others. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, of course, pay our condolences to a couple of losses within the, well, the pop culture community, not strictly the nerd community. But anyway, Ray, what's up? Can I, can I, so you're not going to tell me Fast 10 is still the greatest movie of the year, are you? It's still the movie of the year, All but right. um, just, a, just a quick thing real fast i saw two movies this past weekend that um one of them is a thousand and one that's moved with tiana taylor Mm -hmm. and the foster kid it's amazing it is it's gut-wrenching it's beautiful it has it's a little slow at times but you know we don't talk enough artsy fartsy stuff here and that's a very passion unless a passion right well h1 it's not a24 asap i'm sorry it's asap 24 Um, (laughs) but i watched shazam fury of the gods yesterday all right, now I'm interested. What'd you think? It's probably a six and a half out of ten. It's not bad. It's, not it's bad. actually fairly enjoyable. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, there's there's it's some not bad at all. there's some parts of it that that don't make a lot of sense, but it's not a bad movie. I mean, it's not the first one, but for it to just get 
crucified like it did with with reviews and stuff. It's like that's unfair. Well, unfortunately, because Zachary Levi is a dick. But nonetheless, I was I was not only was I impressed by the movie, but I like how all the stuff that they showed us on the uh, on the trailers was kind of subverted and flipped a bit. You know, spoiler alert. You think that Helen Mirren is the big bad, but really Lucy Lou's like, nah, son, I disagree. Like, so it's, it's got some redeeming stuff. It's pretty cool, man. Um, uh, the wizard at the end, shaving up and getting all clean was nice. Was a nice touch. It's got the right amount of humor. Um, the I think the Wonder Woman cameo actually made sense. Uh, yeah, it did. Like it, it was good enough for me. To be interested in seeing where the story continued, especially with the post credit scene, right? And th- and that's that's important because there is a uh, nod to Peacemaker in the post credit scene that is deliberate. James Gunn, I think, if they reshot anything, I think they reshot that to kind yeah. of give that some sort of um some sort of relevance, some some something to ground that to whatever's coming up with James Gunn. Uh, I'll say, Ray, you're talking about movies that you saw. I tell you one that I we were wanting to see for months. My wife and I finally watched it. Was Violent Night. With uh, David Arbor. What did you think? I didn't see it yet. It's fun. I'll I'll say that. It's not as good as I was hoping for. And but but it's definitely worth your time to watch. There's some really fun stuff going on. Some of the acting's very good. Um, you know, it it doesn't the the gore that goes on doesn't exactly mesh with the Christmas spirit, that's for sure. But it's definitely worth watching. It's one we've been wanting to watch. I think like my complaint is I you know, as I wanted Santa to be like more like a superhero, like the superheroes we're used to. And it really not exactly, but I would definitely say it is worth your, it's, it's like that Shazam Fury of the Guards, let's say six, six and a half. Maybe you could stretch it to a seven out of 10. Is it better than the Mel Gibson one where he was like retired Santa who had to go back to someone was trying to go? Oh God. Yes. Okay. Okay. It's Mel Gibson. Okay. You're you're not going to get a positive reaction from me. People. Oh, you Mel know Gibson. what? That was a stupid thing for me to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> other you're than right. other than Braveheart and Lethal Weapon, let's draw the line. Truly Tony, apologize. I didn't that's think all right. About that Tony, you seen anything lately that that you know that you want to jump into this conversation? Um, maybe not a movie, but uh, we we talked about the Arrowverse kind of ended. Um, oh, did you I, get to the end yet? We're going to talk about that today. Oh. Oh, we're gonna, you're going to talk about it? Not the end, but just the Arrowverse in general. The oh, the ending no, of it. I did not get to the end yet, so I don't want to know about anything that you know. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that I've really watched lately. Um, no, no, I've just been podcasting and playing video games. <laughs> the lightsaber was back in Fortnite, and then the spider web shooters were back, and I was just having a good old time. So, Speaking of that, um, I know it's not on the rundown. We don't have to spend no time on it yet. But if you've seen the the new gameplay trailer for the new Spider-Man, technically three. Yeah. But it's, oh, yeah. That's why. Look here. Yeah, I don't think we mentioned that. It's not on the rundown. I mean, before we get to the trailer park, Sony did have their big PlayStation showcase. I think that I, I meant to send a link to that, but I forgot to. Um, and that went down this week. But like you're saying, they had lots of uh, stuff from Spider-Man 2, I think. Um, and Wolverine. I saw the did Wolverine one, too. they have some stuff too. from Wolverine? Okay. Yes, dog. And it looks amazing. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hyped. And, and I think PlayStation you're, is, is poised for... And like you look at the comments from the guys over at Microsoft and Xbox, they basically admit we got our ass kicked last generation. And, and you mm. know, P- PS4 versus Xbox One was not a fair fight. <laughs> by the end of it it was it was a pretty much a route um i think they know and having you know like xbox released redfall to very mixed reviews that doesn't help 
and that you got an Xbox exclusive mixed reviews. They're putting everything in. I don't know if it's Skystream or something like that is coming up. Skystream is supposedly another anticipated one, but yeah, PS Five just keeps churning out, churning them out. And the only my only complaint with the PS Five is why is it every time I turn it on I got to sit around for a fucking update? You know, every time Tony's well, probably the same way. I I. Really? Why do I don't know? Mine updates while it's I never put I I never turn it off. I uh, always I mean, turn it up, put it into rest mode. Just leave it on rest mode. It does. I mean, like it's not. I don't notice any difference in my electrical bill that way. I pop it on, make sure I'm on the. You know, got to pick my user profile, even though it's the only one, and I'm there. It's good to go. Well, that's that. I mean, yeah, Sony's poised for a really strong year. Um, I don't think Patrick's throwing his phone at the wall yet because this is all pretty good topical conversation. Irrelevant, yeah, it's all relevant. It stuff. is. It is. But we are going to jump into the trailer park. We got three of them to talk about. One of them is a Ray Cash special, which I put on the trailer just for him. Excellent. Are we going to break out human banjos? Or are we just going to go? Oh, you guys are looking. No, okay, we're not. We're... <laughs> But we will get some real banjos in here right about now and head on over to the trailer park. All right, fellas, normally we, the trailer park, I kind of save the best one for last, but we're going to jump and do the best one first this time, or probably the most important of the three. And we're going to talk the final trailer for The Flash, which came out this week. Uh, we got, you know, it's it's another, in the words of Seamus, it's a banger of a trailer. Um, and, you know, here we are, June 16th, not very far away at all. Uh, lots of hype behind this movie. Uh, lots of mixed, I know Patrick posted something that, you know, one of the, I forget who the actor was, uh, criticizing Hollywood, just kind of like, you know, sugarcoating everything about Ezra Miller. And Issa Rae. Yeah. Yeah. No, now I'm not familiar with her. Who is she? Issa Rae is the lady from oh. Insecure. She's not she's, Insecure. She's on HBO. She's a comedian too, right? She Well, she's not a stand-up, but she's like one right. of the... She's one of like the the hottest writers in the game. She had a YouTube series that got so big it got bought, and then she got the series with, um, what's gonna call it with the HBO. But also she's been in a lot of movies. She's like one of the top people in Hollywood right now. Yeah, and I I know for a fact she is not alone in her sentiment about uh how Hollywood has kind of turned a blind eye to all of Ezra Miller, and we've talked about it so many times on this show. I don't think we need to go into a lot of detail about the split that's going to happen, whether it's going to result in the flash movie bombing because people are going to boycott it because of Ezra, you get the Zachary Levy Levi effect happening all over again. I don't see that happening because whatever people hate about (laughs) Ezra Miller, uh, they're going to want to see it because of Michael Keaton, because of Ben Affleck, because of everything else going on with this movie. And because everybody knows that it's basically the resetting of the DC universe. That's going to probably overpower a lot of the other stuff but um i'll turn it over to you first ray we see in this trailer um you know it's more in depth about the flash weighing 
this notion that I can go back in time and change things and having a very poignant conversation with Bruce Wayne, Ben Affleck about, yeah, you could do that. I can save your parents. Yeah. You could also ruin everything. And it, obviously he does it anyway. So I'll turn it over to you first, your thoughts about the trailer and, and then, and then we'll turn it over to Tony to get his thoughts about it. Then we'll talk about some of the th- news that is swirling about this movie flowing off of this trailer. Um, and one more quick point before I get into the trailer part. Um, Zachary Levi, after he said all that crazy shit, still did press. There's no way in hell Warner Bros. lets Ezra do press. No way in hell. So that may help the movie with he keeping him away yeah, until it's credit, time for the premiere. He's been awfully quiet lately, as well, Miller has. Look, look, they've learned their lesson. Let's put it like that. Um, so look, the trailer is amazing and it makes me angry. It makes me very, very upset because this this should be, and I'm expecting it to be, a really good movie. And with respect to Tony, because I mean, no disrespect to Grant Gustin. He's amazing. I don't watch the Arrowverse, but I've seen enough to know he's good as The Flash. Ezra's fantastic as me. And for him to be, them, I'm sorry, for we got to remember, they, they, them, that's, sorry, people. Uh, yo, they, they are so good at this fucking role. And just... Uh, asshole and it's so disappointing because it's like emotionally you want to be able to kind of turn your emotions off and watch a movie but the things that they've done have been so egregious you know that it's almost hard to separate the two it's the chris benoit the effect, man. it's the chris 100 percent, right and we're not comparing what chris did no, absolutely to what ezra not. did absolutely but not. you know but like it ezra was supposedly did some horrible things to people um and but the trailer looks great like i love the fact that Kara's in it instead of cal i love the fact that we finally see Kara as a brunette instead of a blonde it shouldn't really matter but in the grand scheme of things all the l's were brunettes why is Kara a blonde um uh i like the the difference between um future barry and present barry um excuse me i like michael keaton um and we don't know for sure if he's Thomas or not. I hope he's Thomas. We're gonna, we're gonna but talk if about he that. is, I will say, if he is Thomas, I'm disappointed that he's not more gruff. Because Thomas Wayne as Batman was like gruff, gruff. And this, he's playing. He seems like he's playing 1989 Bruce. Um, but the trailer looks great. The graphics look great. Um, just like the way DC was able to make Atlantis look dope underwater. They have found a way to make the Speed Force look really dope visually. And I appreciate that because, you know, I know the Arrowverse had all of the speed, Godspeed and, and uh, it, not Zeus, uh, Zoom it and all did, the but, and, but Tony can attest that as the series went on and the budget got tighter, <laughs> some of those yeah. effects didn't look so great anymore. And TV effects will never touch movie effects. It's just impossible. They never um, got bad, though. Not bad, but I think, would you agree no, that they kind of scaled them back a little? What are you going to do? You're in the middle of a pandemic as well. That's oh, true. good point. The need to think about that. Um, but no, I, the, the trailer right now to me is eight and a half out of ten. So, like, I'm going to see the movie probably opening week. Um, but I tell you this, this movie better be amazing because if it's not, they are going to get roasted another level. Boy, I, I, uh, I mean, Tony, turn it over to you. I, I'm not worried that this movie is going to be bad. I'm really, really not worried that this movie is going to be bad. James Gunn is overseeing this thing. He's got his fingers in this thing. He knows what's on the line. If this movie bombs, then the DC reboot is basically dead before it gets started. Quick question. Who's the director? Anthony, uh, go ahead. 
Tony, talk about the trailer. I'm going to look it up because I always pronounce this dude's name wrong. If this movie wasn't going to be really good, you wouldn't be able to see this movie. They would have killed it because of everything that happened. Yeah, Ray, they would have. I, I firmly believe that. But this movie is going to be a fucking banger. I mean, yes, the trailer's amazing. The story they're using, the story they picked to use to, to basically rinse away the recent past of the DCU is perfectly picked. This is like the most recognizable reset story in almost all of comic history. And let me tell you, Ezra Miller is a phenomenal flash on the big screen. I just seen so much more of Grant Goose and I think it's kind of that, you know, Grant Goose, it feels like home, if you will, if you can kind of relate it that way. That's fair. That's the fair. other thing I want to say, though, is that whether you like it or not, or whether you know it or not, you've been entertained and been enjoying people's art who are bad people your entire life. And you just need to be able to compartmentalize. You know, if you're compartmentalizing your entertainment, is not as bad as compartmentalizing your life. So it's not a big deal. Mm. Yeah. You you can you can do it. It's not a sin. It's not a bad thing to enjoy entertainment that's there for you. That that's out there and recognize that, you know. I mean, I'm a golf fan, and Tiger Woods has not necessarily made the greatest decisions that I agree with, right? But all in all, you move down the line and you see he's a great father, and he's kind of trying to change his life. And here or there. I've always just been a fan of the golfer Tiger Woods and appreciated the art form that he delivers in a sport. Whereas I can still enjoy flash, even though Ezra Miller has fucked some things up in his life. And I, I agree with that point. I wouldn't use Tiger cause Tiger didn't hurt anybody. He just cheated on his wife, but like, I can't watch the Cosby show on the I, same. I didn't. In the I, same you're, breath. you're right. You're right. That's a, it's a, it's a good thing that you brought that difference of my, a comparison up and i didn't i didn't i wasn't trying to compare the. I know, I know what you meant i know exactly what you compare, meant. Yeah. you know just like being a fan someone of someone with transgressions right. still make able to enjoy right. and, and, yeah. it's but it's a very real thing because like i said bill cosby was like a hero to almost every black person that walked in the earth i can't watch the show anymore you, you can't know you mentioned you, you can find that, cosby show on all of your local you know, rerun sitcom channels and national ones at the right times, and now you can't find it. Well, literally, you can't find the show. But when I see clips, I'm, I'm grossed out. I can't enjoy it physically. And Dave mentioned the number one from us as wrestling fans. I don't even call the man by his name no more. It's Voldemort. I can't watch any of that anymore. You know how many of, of that dude's matches were my favorite matches? And again, you, I'm not going to sit here and compare crimes. That's not my job, and that would be unfair to the people who, right. who judge not, embarked judge, on those judge. crimes. Yes, but what Ezra did, or allegedly did, but he's pretty much been convicted for it in some form or fashion. Uh, like, it, it is so egregious to the, to the people, and so dangerous and so damning when you're kidnapping people, and you know, it's, just, it's wild shit. I don't know, man. Like, I don't... I, I'm, I, my thought process, Tony, is to agree with you. Com compartmentalization is good for everything, but not every, it's hard. Not every. It's not good for everything. It's okay. It, for, it's okay for the way you enjoy entertainment. Sure. So, if, 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 I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tony. Go ahead, Dave. No, I was saying. So the director of this is uh, Andy Mush Muschietti. Mus oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And of course, in reading this, it spoiled something and that I didn't, didn't want to know. Didn't want to confirm, and now it's been confirmed. But it was also on the rundown. Something we'll discuss. But 
Also, it is confirmed. It is confirmed. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, I think, you know, getting because I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on, on the sociological societal conversation as to as to what's going on with with Ezra Miller and, and the flash. I mean, whether whether you're going to people are going to either they're going to see it or they're not. And that's entirely your choice. And that's fine. But I think for those of us who especially for like Tony and I not, and not to m- diminish you at all, Ray, but for Tony and I who care so much about D.C. and desperately want to see this brand in this universe succeed in spite of the dumb shit that David Zasloff says. Um, I think there's a lot to be optimistic about with this movie. You've got a very good director. You've got James Gunn overseeing it. I think he's been a lot more involved in the lead up and the release of this than maybe we anticipated because he knows what's on the line. This thing resets everything and puts his universe into motion. Um, I think like what, what you guys were talking about how close are they going to follow Flashpoint in this thing? You know, you talk about Ray, like, is Michael Keaton Thomas Wayne? Is he Bruce Wayne from 1989? It's hard to tell. I know Tony and I kind of not really debated it, but we did discuss it a little bit in the bandwagon nerds chat. Um, there's not enough here. I mean, he says a few things, and I agree with you, Ray. He has sort of the demeanor of Bruce Wayne, but how do you tell that from three seconds of film, right? He, in the trailer... One of the trailers talks about comparing to the Flash both having their parents died. Bruce Wayne's parents died. His dad's parents didn't die or weren't murdered. But but to counter that, we don't know if he's talking to Ben Affleck. We don't know if that's a flashback from 19, Michael Keaton from 1989. We don't know. It, it's contextual. We don't know the context well, of what's going on. This way, then. Let me put it to you this way then. In some form or fashion, Michael Keaton plays... Bruce Wayne in this movie. I would say in some form or fashion, Michael Keaton plays Batman in this movie. Now, whether that's Bruce or Thomas, if you look at the trailer where he's talking about it and you qualify the fact that, well, that's a flashback or something. Well, then, I mean, technically, if it's a flashback, not playing him because, but at some point you're going to have Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne in this movie. Maybe you have to from that dialogue. I sent you the clip. I know, but I know, but you've already got Ben Affleck being Bruce Wayne. And it I don't would know. be massively disappointed. I, think, I, think, I don't if think that's they all think, that they brought him back for. I don't think they think like people are coming to see Batman. People they 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 put the Batman in this movie front and center because people know Batman. And for them to show up and have Michael Keaton, he's playing not Bruce Wayne. That doesn't make any sense. Do well, you, I disagree with that. Do, part, it actually does I, make sense. No, it makes all sense in the world. I I just from that from that trailer. Like, I can't see how, how that it isn't some point he's playing him, whether like, it's a flashback. Hold on, right. In the new trailer, at one point, Barry Allen looks at and he says, you're Batman. So that's kind of like, you know, he's surprised at who Batman is, which would tell me that suggests to me that because he knows Ben Affleck is Batman older, not younger Batman. I just I I'm sticking. I, I would really be surprised if Michael Keaton's not Thomas Wayne. That's just me. We'll find I'd out. Be, I'd be bummed. I'd be bummed if he's not. Because what's the point of him going back in the past or the future or whatever of the timeline it is just to talk to the same motherfucker he was talking to before? Something's got to change. Something, there has to be a huge change. Think about it. If he's going in the same timeline, there's no Cal, it's Carl. It's different. That's, so why would it be the but same that, dude? And that follows Flashpoint. That 100%. What happened with Clark is they, he, the, 
meteor crash and they Chained tucked up, him away. And, yeah. they tucked him away for all those years Fresh sign and it right. was super skinny yeah, and all that yeah. and all that stuff and you even see in the trailer at near the end she's carrying somebody in her arms up to and we're going to talk about that in a minute who we suspect that's probably going to be but um yeah, I think I, I, it, elements of Flashpoint I don't think are going to be in this movie. You're not going to have the big war between Atlantis and the Amazons. Oh, God, I don't no. think because no. Zod wasn't in Flashpoint anywhere. So they've substituted the Wonder Woman Aquaman dispute and Mirror, you know, and I know a lot of people would love to see Mirror get her head chopped off, especially if it's Amber Heard. Um, you know, they'd be like, yes, do it. But that's not going to happen. Uh, but I do, you know, you, you're looking at Zod is clearly the biggest threat to whatever's going on. And with Clark removed, Kara's got to step up and be the Kryptonian that kicks his ass. And from the trailers we see, it looks like she's holding her own pretty well. So I think it's going to follow Flashpoint up to a point and then divert because they just can't. And part of it's probably because James Gunn does not know what he's doing with Wonder Woman or Aquaman at this point. So, you know, all right, we're not going to go down that path. Um, But yeah, I think the trailer looks tremendous. Uh, this has got a lot of promise. It, it looks like if you can get around the fact that Ezra Miller is in the movie. Hold on. Tony's going to try and convince us again, Ray. I lost my parents. That pain. Oh, said not Bruce Wayne, Michael Keaton. It is Bruce, Bruce Wayne, Wayne, but it could be a flashback from the earlier movie. I said at least at some point in this movie, Michael Keaton's playing Batman, Bruce right. Wayne. If you want to make it that broad, then yes, maybe. Well, I'll broad if he's in the trailer saying, I lost my parents, that pain made me who I am. That's in the fucking movie. That's him. Not from 89. That's from now. Playing Batman, Bruce Wayne style. What if they cut that to make you think that, but instead he's talking. Hold on. What if they cut? Hold on. What if they, what if they cut that? All thing where they try to squish people's heads when they're far away. Right now, my head's just gonna blow Wait a second, up. Second, Ray, are you are you trying to suggest, Ray, that they would put something in a trailer that doesn't actually show up in the movie? No, that's what if never they happened. Cut that and he's talking about losing Bruce. Could be. How that pain made me who I am. I lost my parents. That pain Bruce made me who I am. Do we not understand English anymore? Am I speaking Chinese? My head's going to fucking explode. Hey, man. Sepsis is, sepsis is fine. Yes. <laughs> All right. Appendix has hey, burst. Hey, we will, we will find out, man. I, I, I would be really stunned. Like Ray said, disappointed. I would be stunned very, if he's not Thomas. It just. Be very disappointed. It would be. It would, I, it'd be, it'd be, honestly, it'd be a waste of a cameo to me because the only reason he should ever play. This is just me. This is fantasy booking here. This only reason he should ever play Bruce is if he was going to play old man Bruce for Batman Beyond. If Terry McGinnis yeah. is in this movie, I'm with it. Other Michael than that, he's in half the movie at the least. He's going to be in, an, he's in, in enough of a movie to be a major selling point for the trailer. So it's not a cameo. No. No, I agree. I mean, it would make sense if he goes back in time, right? Let's think, of, let's think this fourth dimensionally to steal from Doc Brown. Okay. If he goes back in time and he changes the past so oh. that his mother survives, then why wouldn't Bruce Wayne still be Ben Affleck unless Ben Affleck is dead and Thomas is Michael Keaton. It, thank you, Ray. I'm just throwing that out there. It does. It doesn't make, if he goes back then, then it should be a younger version of Ben Affleck that he's talking to as Bruce Wayne, not but they to, put whole ass scenes so, in trailers that ain't never been filmed for the movie. The moviegoers 
when you go back in time, Michael Keaton's back Batman. When you move forward in time, Ben Affleck is Batman. Do you see how that works? No, that's not how it works. In this, in this, in this, in this timeline. What are you saying? Back to the future is full of shit. Is that it? Bullshit. That was bullshit. But everything else was making my head. That was good, though. It was a good try. Um, Listen, here's the deal. In needing to go back and unfix what he does, we'll we'll call it that, right? There's no reason he can't um, travel around the multiverse. And that's where one guy is this one, one guy is that one. Right, but this is like I don't know if this is so much multiversal as it is time Dave, stop, time skipping. Stop. All right, anyway, but it's gonna have to be Dave. It's gonna have to be. Well, it will have to be. Yeah, he he will have <laughs> something will happen. Well, all right, because remember Barry knows Clark. Barry knows all of the Justice League. Does. They they yeah. So and a big question is if that is Thomas, where's Martha? Has she gone off the edge and turned into the Joker has like she be. does? Has to be. And that's going to be a disturbing. I mean, because but you almost Martha, have to, you because that was the most disturbing part of the of the animated movie was Martha, you know, and and you almost have to go down that path. But go ahead, Ray, and then we'll talk about gonna, the big just, cameo that's coming. Just just adding to that point, Martha became Joker before Thomas became Batman. Yes, he becomes and Batman you, to respond to that because she's the one, her. right? She, and if and if you see the Batcave, that's too many toys and too many suits to just be starting last week. That's you guys are you guys are over nerding this. That's why this is called bandwagon nerds. Anyway, let's talk about the big cameo that got uh, DJ, our friend DJ from the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. He got very excited about this, and and it swayed him to stop. Just like oh, Ezra Miller's a piece of shit. Now I'm interested in this movie. And in looking up who the director was, he did confirm this to some outlet in, in the Middle East. I think that we're gonna get a cameo at some point in this movie of Nicolas Cage as Superman. Now, anybody who knows anything about this knows Nicolas Cage has wanted to play Superman forever. Forever. What's up, Tony? He was booked at one point, wasn't he? He was that close to playing him. Yeah, he was that close to playing him. And we're going to get, and you got to imagine that Kara is carrying Nicolas Cage up to the sun to empower him at the precise moment that they really need Clark to show up as as a variant of Superman. Um, And if it's Nicolas Cage, that kind of makes sense. I don't know, man. You know, when I think of Nicolas Cage now, I think of a lot of stupid shit like Renfield and things like that that just don't do it for me. But this is this is this is like a dream project for him. And if he's a cameo in here as Superman, man, that that really kind of make, adds a little uh, different depth to this movie. Tony, I'll turn it over to you first. Uh, your thoughts, Nicolas Cage as a cameo as Superman in this? Does that excite your nipples or what? Oh, big time. Like there's a good documentary on Nicolas Cage missing. Like they went into, did they even go into production or I know the script was written. He was fitted for the Superman suit. There's footage of that. Like he was ready to play Superman. Um, and something happened and the movie got shut down and it, and it didn't happen. And I'm okay with that. Like, and he's going to play a little bit older Superman too. Like he's not going to be the, you know, the dashing Clark Kent chasing Lois around. Locked him away for all these years. Right. So I think it could be excellent. Um, yeah, I'm I'm just, this movie's going to be fucking stupid awesome. You know, I think there's going to be a cameo or two maybe that, that has been kept quiet that we're going to get, which could be even better. Um, yeah. Anybody know the runtime on this like, thing? At, I'm going to look two, it up. Two, two twenty four and a half hours. Jeez, it's, no, it's a Snyder cut all over again? Like 221, I think. That, uh, uh, that's perfect. I could if I could see, if I could just like hear like uh at some point or maybe they in a graphically they put up a bamf or a whap or a 
smack and I get it then, then, or like they bust out into the bat too. So what do you do? Like they get there like at a club or something and like, you're like blend in. And Ezra looks over at Michael Keaton. He's like, what are you doing? He goes, this is a bat too. you know, they are over water. So it may have some bat shark spray. Well, it's possible. Oh, yeah, but... Ray, you had to go there and get my nipples hard. Now. Nicely, done. Nicely done on a scale of like egghead to, you know, uh, joker this is this movie's gonna be a joker i i i don't want to get my hopes up too much you know that that's just kind of the way i am with anything dc related i i'm very hopeful i'm very optimistic i think that this has all the elements and they are taking one of the most awesome stories in comics history and wrapping a movie around it and resetting everything for james gunn who's overseeing all this they've got everything's in place for this to be great now we'll see if it is. I mean, and you look, read the reviews like Stephen King was talking about. I think we talked about it last week, how he came out and said, it's fantastic. And King's not being paid off by Warner Brothers. So, you know, he's going to be like, hey, can we bribe you to pay this? He'd be like, go fuck yourself. Or I'll write a movie about how a curse is put on you. I'll, I'll write a screenplay for you. But Ray, your thoughts on Nicolas Cage possibly being uh, Superman in this movie? I'm sorry. I don't like it. No. You wanted Henry Cavill, didn't you? Well, no, you wanted Henry Cavill. We know that. That's true. So, so let me let me let me expound upon my point. I, it's not that I don't like the idea of Nick Cage playing Superman. I'm all for giving these guys the, their their dream roles and and fan service and all that. I am very much a person who likes to see the source material be played out as best as he can. I also appreciate if you have to change it and it's changed in a sensical way. So. I like that it was changed to be Kara, partially because we don't know who the new Superman is going to be, and partially because I think having it as Kara, it's more apropos for 2023, right? It does not make any sense in my ignorant brain that you're going to have Kara and Clark in the same movie. If Kara is being held hostage or being held as a POW, why would Clark be there too? doesn't make any sense to me, right? Just me personally. Also, if I'm being really nitpicky here, and I don't think it's being nitpicky, but this is, again, fantasy booking, for lack of a better term. Um, Thomas Wayne, if this is Thomas Wayne, shouldn't have been Michael Keaton. I get why you did it. Goodwill, people love the 1989 movie. It should have been, if we're being in the right timeline, it should have been um, Negan, because he was the daddy in the original Batman vs. Superman movie, right? And 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 um, Maggie Cohen, uh, um, not Maggie, Lauren Cohen, Maggie, should have been Joker, right? And then you could have saved Bruce, aka Michael Keaton, for a, a possible, if he wanted to go down this route, uh, Batman Beyond movie, where Nick Cage could have been soups in that. So you just injected, then you, you just injected Dead City into the DC universe. Well, no, no, that wasn't me. Whoever did Batman vs Superman, Zack Snyder did that. That, that guy. wasn't me. Yeah, that guy. Um, but so, so the, that second part isn't as important as the first part. If if you're gonna stay, you cannot do Atlantis versus the mascara. Doesn't make sense for this type of movie. I get that. So Zod coming back, cool. That makes all the sense in the world. But Zod's coming back because there's one Kryptonian who's still alive and they can redo the Codex. Why would he come back if there's two? Well, they're going to have to explain that as to why, what's going on with Zod. Why does he still want to destroy the world? If Clark's not there, then yeah, I mean. But Kara left the same way. She just left, at her her stuff just got Right, stalled. but I mean, you figure Clark, the codex is in Clark, right? 
if we if we're following Man of Steel, well, to maybe the letter, in this world, maybe in th- maybe in this timeline, the Codex is with Kara, right? Maybe Kara mm-hmm. isn't the niece. Maybe Kara is the daughter of of uh, Jor-El, and maybe maybe Cal is the nephew. I, yes. I, I, I don't know. But even the wrestling podcast that went, well, maybe Roman comes in and challenges and wins the world heavyweight title. You guys are coming up with so much far-fetched shit. Tuddy, oh. in the Arrowverse, though, uh, Kara basically follows Clark to Earth as kind of like his, like a guardian, right? Um, She comes to visit and ends up like just getting into shit and making friends and then staying. I believe that's how it worked, actually. That's such bull. That's Did why watch I watch Supergirl the bullshit-ass show. I watched the, uh, like if I'm remembering correctly, which you know, uh, short-term memory isn't the best over here. I, uh, I feel you. Um, <laughs> Different reasons, Dave. I'm telling you. I I watched it because I think it's when it started. It was right after Flash, and I was like, oh, you know, and um, it was a really good show actually. But I just did not enough time, too much stuff. You know, you gotta prioritize there. But yeah, that was a great series. And we'll see we'll see how they explain it it away. But I mean that that. Ray, I get it. You raise a good point. Um, you know, how, how are they integrating the fact that, you know, why is Kara here? Where's where, what happened to Clark? How does she know about Clark? Um, other than you got to figure that at some point, Barry Allen from the, our timeline is going to say, where's Clark at, you know, what if- one more point. One more, I'm sorry. One more quick point. One more quick point. If we're going by the source material, they, John, uh, John and Martha Kent didn't find Clark. The government the government Clark, did right and that's why they were able to he was grew up with no body mask because he was in the red sun because they figured it out right well we see in all the trails we've seen because from what we know Kara came as a teenager slash almost an adult because she was stuck in stasis right so if clark was there how were they able to get two kryptonians i don't know right i mean that's that's going to be the fun part to find out i i don't I don't think speculating anymore at this point is going to help us. We're a few weeks away from this uh, this mega event. Tony, you got something to add, or are you just like, nah, he's done? I think we've beaten the Flash to death so far. I mean, well, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna say it right now. He didn't have nothing to say, but I does. No, so. no, I was gonna skip it, but I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make the prediction. I think they're bullshitting us. Grant Gustin's gonna be in this movie. All right, hijack. Let's go to the next trailer. <laughs> uh, I mean, on that Let's note, on. on that note, we can't we can't Make top that. Just book by Tony. Mull that over for a while. I mean. Hey, I wouldn't be mad at it, but yeah, let's talk. The next trailer on the trailer park is a Ray Cash special. Ray found this for us, plucked this out. I watched it. Idris Elba starring in a movie called Hijack coming to Apple TV on June 28th. Ray, what about this trailer? I mean, I I watched it. I think Tony watched it as well. You brought this to the trailer park. What about this thing has got you so interested other than Idris Elba is, you know, it's fantastic, but well, go on. Clearly, that's number one. Idris Elba is one of our best American, pretending to be American, but really British actors in the world <laughs> right now. Pretending to be. Um, but also, um, I, I'm no secret here that I'm a fan of disaster movies, whether they be natural or man-made. Um, this, so this looks. Apologies to those who still have PTSD from the September 11th attacks, because it's very similar to the one that went down. I was headed to the White House, um, but it's it, I just I, it's it's really it's number one. Apple TV Apple TV has done really well with their movies as of late. Um, Coda won Best Picture last year and all this whatnot. But they're really 
their movies are really like critically acclaimed. Um, but it looks dope. Um, it it kind of has a 24-ish aspect to it on top of the hijacking. Um, and um, Idris seems to be like almost Liam Neeson-esque, but just happened to be on the plane, you know, and he's trying to get home and they're discussing whether they need to crash the plane or stop the people. So it looks really, really cool. And I think it's a, it's going to be a fun hour and 45 minutes. Um, and that's what I'm here for. That's all I want. So, yeah. And again, it's Idris Elba. I think, you know, I got the same vibe that you did. This is a 9-11 sort of thing with a, but it's different because it's clearly after 9-11 and people remember what happened there. And these guys are like, you know, they're, they're faced with this situation, which, you know, a lot of us have speculated, could you ever hijack an airplane again in this modern day after 9-11? Because people would just be like, fuck that. You know, if, if somebody says something, it's like, I know I'm dead anyway, so I'm not letting you take everybody else out with them. But Idris Elba had a new element that if this plane goes down, I don't get back to my family. There's got to be a different approach to this situation. Very fascinating. Uh, it's a conundrum, to be sure. Um, Tony, what did you think of this trailer, man? Um, I just watched it. I missed it in the rundown. Um, I I don't know. I, I don't like the situation that you're watching. You know, it's very uncomfortable. Um, Definitely. I don't, I don't like flying in the first place, but I firmly believe, and I know from experience that if shit goes down, I'm ready to go. Like you hijacked the wrong plane personally. I'll tell you that right now. Um, I will, <laughs> I will get into it. Uh, I might have to watch this one. It looks pretty good. Like I, I not a fan of horror or jump scare shit or, or, brutality or you know uh gruesome kind of stuff like that but i do love suspense with a little bit of thriller mixed in there so this one seems like it almost makes you uncomfortable enough to at the end of the day go wow you know that was a little bit eye-opening and i really enjoyed it yeah i feel the same way it's a it's a situation where you're very uncomfortable it's something that i think we've all anybody who's been on a plane since 9-11 has thought you know in here like what would i do you're going to kill me anyway. So since I literally just watched the trailer, <laughs> um, the, the part of the trailer that stood out the most was, you know, you figure out that L was playing a, a man that's well versed in stressful situations and is very calm under pressure. And he's perfect to play that kind of role. But when he's talking to what looks like you could say, a you know, a, a grandma, a younger grandma, like in her late 50s, whatever, and who's having a hard time. And he's like, you got family? She's like, yeah. And he's like, well, then don't worry about anything else and just think about getting this shit done for them so we can all go home. You know, then you see the- it's hard not to think about, you know, it's easy to relate to that. Did you see the mama pull off her chain and mm-hmm. the cross chain and wrap it around and put the shit between oh, her? Yeah. Hey, when I think shit's about to go down, you know what I do? I put my hand in my right pocket and grab my keys. And in between my middle finger and my ring finger, I have that fucking car key sticking right out of my hand. And if something goes down, I'm either going to hit you in between the chest or in the neck. I ain't going anywhere else, and I'm out of there because I ain't down to fuck around anymore. <laughs> you need to change your handle to Violent Tunny after the, some of this description, man. That's just, just Violent Tunny and Violent Aesops. The, yeah, the, 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 the dangerous the, gentleman. You could be the Violent Gentleman, the next tag team champion. I am champions. one Aesop Mitchell. <laughs> 
Wow. That's kind of like that's that reminds me of been Ray advertising for the total package. I mean, it's very seductive the and total package. Ray, that that's gonna live forever, buddy. I'm just saying I wish <laughs> I wish we still had that commercial that advertisement. I, I got it somewhere. I think I have it on my old laptop. Oh uh, so. yeah, we gotta play that again. Five minutes to an hour to get that. The total package. Hey, maybe maybe I can sneak my boy. Uh, Carl to do a total package 2024, 2023, 2024. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, or Dr. S'mores is out there lamenting the Carolina Hurricanes getting their asses handed to him, but he's got to be around. Straight up, straight up. (laughs) Speaking of total packages, man, we got the final trailer for a movie that Tony and I have talked about before that everything we see about this tells me this movie is going to be far, far better than it has any right being And I love how the last trailer for Barbie coming out July 21st basically steers into the skid in this trailer and says, if you love Barbie, this movie's for you. If you hate Barbie, this movie's for you. It's like, wow. Okay. So you're just going, get everybody. And and that'll be a very interesting scenario that if you have a theater filled with people who equally love Barbie and despise her, um, that'll be fun. But look, this trailer looks, you get a little bit more kind of, I guess some information about what's going on with this thing where, where Barbie has uh, her heels have fallen. She's got flat feet. They're telling her she's got to go to the real world, even though she doesn't want to go to the real world, but you got to go to the real world to find this stuff out and off her and Ken go Ken played by Ryan Gosling. Um, Ray, I don't know if we talked to you about the bar. Tony and I have talked about the Barbie stuff before, and we're we're both pleasantly surprised. I mean, Margot Robbie is going to just absolutely kill it. We know that this this is another one of these roles that you look at her evolving into the mega star that she is. Harley Quinn, Barbie, possibly Sue Storm. Um, the girl's on a roll right now. So, your thoughts on this trailer? I mean, are you in the love Barbie camp, hate Barbie, somewhere in the middle? And have they done enough? to compel a grown man like you and like us to go to a theater, even without the kids, perhaps to say, I got to check this out. Well, number one, I have no choice because my kids. Yes. So you'll be there. Teenage girls, teenage. All right. Um, But this is going to sound crazy. But the second I heard the the movie was being made, I knew this is going to be a banger because this is not the type of movie you make to be, you know, this, this isn't like the Milo the Pony movies you make for the kids. Right. Well, I knew it was going to be a live action version of Barbie, but it was going to be adult ish. I knew it was going to be be fire because there's so much satire you could do with the, you know, the, the Barbies don't have parts. Right. The, just the joke of her, her, her heels fell to the ground. It's little small things like that. that I think adults will notice that can be that can be fun. It's casted fantastically. I think the cast is dope. Um, but the, just the, the satire and just. We, I, I mentioned it when we talked about the Mario movie, right? It's been right here in front of our faces for a hundred years. Nobody thought to do this before, and I'm not talking about like like the Barbie cartoons for the kids. I'm talking about like a full fledged, one thousand percent try. You know, like Greta Garbo could have been Bar- Barbie in 1945. Marilyn Monroe could have been Barbie. You know what I'm talking about? Like, there's so many people that could have played this role. It could have had the same. You look at yeah, the history of blonde bombshells. Kim Basinger. Okay, she Kim, yeah, she could have done it. Uh, yeah, I think it, it has like a when they redid the Brady Bunch movies, right? A few. Yes. They they kind of did the same sort of thing where they had this the the Brady Bunch was brought into the modern era and they were just naive to a fault around with all the uh, all the reality going on around them and they just 
but they kept them so true to who they were in this sitcom that it, it, it for the most part it worked. They weren't great movies, but they were they were fun movies and I enjoyed them. And I think this one has kind of the same feel to it that we've got the naivety of Barbie and Ken. And you see it in the trailer with Ken trying to, to like be a doctor and try to talk to a doctor and can't accept that there's a female version of a doctor. You know, so I think I think, okay, that 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 works. That won't get the you know misogynist too worked up or <laughs> that sort of thing. Um but I think there's enough in this trailer. Like, all right, you know, I, every time I see more about this, I, I I get a little bit more sold on this. Tony, this final trailer, did it sell you any more on this movie, or, or how are you feeling about this thing? Hiya, Bobby. Hi, Ken. You want to go for a ride? Sure, Ken. Jump in. I'm a Bobby girl in the Bobby world. Laughing plastic, it's fantastic. You can brush my hair. I'm ready for this. You just had to go there, didn't you? <laughs> Come All on, the way. let's go party. Aqua is not in the, in the movie. Yeah. Listener. Uh, do you know why Ken couldn't get Barbie pregnant? She's got no parts, like Ray was saying. No, he came in a different box. Uh, <laughs> man. Bandwagon Nerds 185, coming in a different box. Ah, we probably oh, won't go with that title either. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was good. That, that, was, that was pretty good, Tony. I like that. If the storyline is done the right way and and pulls the right heartstrings, because you're getting someone that lives in a perfect world, and they're getting a, a, a reality check, a wake-up to actual what reality is. And if this is done right, this movie will get nominated for an Oscar. I agree. I uh. Greek. So and it's, said and Patrick's going to lose his mind. I said no, this. I don't think he will. Of I don't think he I, will. I showed I showed everybody the rundown, the bandwagon nerds, why I had to leave the bar. And I said, this movie, might, they're like, what? Barbie movie? I'm like, watch trailer. You're going to end up watching this. This is going to get nominated for an Oscar. If they followed uh, the, oh. if they followed like the script from like, we're saying the Brady Bunch movies or even Enchanted when Disney did that a few years ago where they brought, what, who is it? Um, God. Uh, the, who played Lois in in the uh, Snyderverse? A, oh, Amy Adams. Yeah, and she was the princess who comes forward and ends up in like modern day New York City, and that. So you have that sort of element going on as well. Academy Award may be a stretch, but I get what you're saying, Tony. Win. Yeah, I it, it you know yeah I, I mean it's got it's got the as uh, costume design director absolutely uh, adapted screenplay actresses yep. I'm. All that stuff. They're up for they're Margo going could, to get, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna double down. They will get nominated for multiple uh, they will have multiple Oscar nominations for this film. So we, we all we all agree sound, that this movie is going to be better than it has any right to be, right? And I this think, is gonna sound funny, but why this, can't it have great script writers, good director, yeah. amazing uh cast? Why why it I think it has a right to be a a, a phenomenal one of the best movies of the of this millennium and and it's definitely whenever they figure out who's going to do the barbie song because aqua's not doing it uh that's best best for song and you know john Cena's in this movie he's a cameo but you can't see him in the trailer because you can't see him right uh but, here, <laughs> here's the important question we know ray's going to go see it jokes. In, You're opening jokes. weekend ray's going to see this tunny are you going to go check this out in the theaters i think they would uh, it, 
can we in 3D? It, in 3D? it might be cool in 3D. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! But it could be in 3D because of the Barbie world. The Barbie world could be yeah, really cool. That's whacked out <laughs> enough that it might be fun. Man, Tony, um, man, Tony will Tony will watch Cat the Hat in 3D, bro. <laughs> no, Tony will watch Cat Scratch gonna... Fever in 3D. I guess I'm going to have to see it in the theater because we're probably going to talk about it, honestly. Yeah, I, I didn't, you don't have to. And I don't know if, I mean, Pat well, has been Pat's been pretty uh, positive about this movie because he I think he keeps throwing the trailers in there when they come. I don't imagine the little O'Dowd is going to be running out saying, Dad, I want, maybe, but I, I can't imagine. It's possible. Who knows? Like Mrs. O'Dowd thing, too, though. Yeah, it could be a Mrs. O'Dowd thing. Yeah, that's right. So... We'll see. I mean, it's it's it's. I got to think about it. It depends what's going on that weekend, but it's one that I would say I would definitely lean more in the side of saying yes. I will check this out in the theaters than I would have when you first announced it. And I also want to say, I bet we get Grant Gustin as the Flash in this movie as well. <laughs> That's been our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. And Patrick no longer has a working phone. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, though, we've uh, we've uh, covered the trailer park. We are going to take our first commercial break. When we come back, we're going to have some Marvel news around the Nerdosphere topics to discuss. Um, interesting things happening over in Marvel right now. But you are listening to it. Tony's going to tell you all about where you can get your hands on some sweet. Yeah, you, of course, where you can get your hands on some sweet chair shot merch and, and things that will keep your nipples safe during this upcoming hot sticky summer season uh hi i'm just tony go ahead (laughs) head on over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot pick yourself up a chair shot t-shirt spend a couple extra bucks get that shirt in soft style you know it feels good on your epidermis including you know that's part of your nipples too you know we got your nipples covered that's the slogan we're going for and if you do it today while you're listening no promo code needed aw new japan merch 25 percent off everything else 20 percent off no promo code needed pro forward slash the chair shot we thank you bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? 
because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And PC Tutty almost used the M word there, and it's not Marvel. It's the other M word that we just don't say on this show that much. It starts with an M and ends in a T. What did I almost say? You almost said moist, man. We don't say that on this show. Oh, no, I wasn't even oh, going to. Okay. Then I, then I violated the rule. And Can we say robotic? Was... <laughs> robotic robotic moistness. Yes, there you go, last, Ray. Last night I had a cake. It was moist. This morning I went golfing and we got on the greens. They were a little moist. And when I come over later, your panties are going to be moist. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm the voice and it's moist. Wow. I mean, talked about tripling down on that, that whole word there. You're the man, Tony. That's why it's I'm, like a Saturday. It's like recording on a Saturday right now, is, though. That, that's true working. because we got we got like nothing happening tomorrow. So anyway, Tony, you got any Marvel music you can uh, queue up for this segment we got going on here? I would imagine All that right. if we just a I'm little a, bit. I'm imagining. I'm imagining it that we could end up finding it somewhere here where where it should be. But apparently, you know, it just doesn't happen when you need it to be where <laughs> it wants to be. So you just kind of keep riffing along until finally you find it. So the writer's strike, as we all know, continues rolling along. Everybody's getting involved with it. It's what, week four, week three, week four. I don't know if it matters. So we got stories at two opposite sides of the coin here talking about how the writer's strike has impacted Marvel. On the one hand, we got news this week, no less from, I think it was the guy who's playing Colossus in this whole situation, who has confirmed that Deadpool 3 has begun filming even though the writer's strike is going on. So a lot of people were speculating with this, how, where this delay is coming from, what projects are going to get delayed, how is this going to impact things. It seems like the script for Deadpool 3 was pretty much done. And so they've decided, hey, we're going to go forward with filming this thing. Everything's written now. Of course, if there's rewrites, that's going to cause problems. But at the same token, you know, you've got Deadpool 3 has begun. And that's certainly a good sign for Marvel amidst amidst all sorts of rumors about what's going to be in Deadpool 3. On the other side of the coin, we'll do this instead of breaking them down one story at a time. Let's cover them both at the same time. On the other side of the coin, the writer's strike has impacted uh, some series and at least one movie. Now, Blade, we already knew had been delayed. They had already talked about that a few weeks ago, that that was writer's strike was going to delay that. And we kind of scoffed at the notion that the writer's strike was the only reason that Blade was being delayed because, let's be honest, that movie's had some problems getting off the ground for a while now. But the writer's strike has halted production on a couple of MCU series that we were looking forward to, Wonder Man and Thunderbolts. So I'll turn it over to one PC Tunny first. Uh, Writer's strike having impacts in some places, not so much in others. You know, we already talked about this in a detail last week. What are your thoughts on Deadpool 3 moving forward, but these other series kind of grinding to a halt? Yeah, we kind of talked about that. The script was finished for Deadpool 3, and they made an executive decision to go, okay, well, people are expecting this movie. We're going to do it. It's interesting because how far off that script can they go, right? Like Ryan Reynolds is notorious for just kind of making it happen in addition to what's been written on the script and you kind of find like the happiest place between those two. Um, 
I know Ray's really looking forward to Thunderbolts, and that's unfortunate for him. Uh, what was the other one that weren't you? Wonder Man and Blade. Yeah, you were looking for. We're all looking forward to Thunderbolts. I am. Oh, oh, you said that's unfortunate. You meant because of the. I thought you said it's unfortunate because, it, because I cared about Thunderbolts. Well, it's unfortunate for him because it's not coming out. I thought uh, you Wonder Man is something that this at me. No, no, not at all. And Wonder Man was something that um, I had no idea about that character. And I went and looked it up. And like it's like this Hollywood actor guy trying to play a superhero. And I was like, that could be really good. That's a really good juxtaposition. Like, imposter syndrome could clearly be evident there. Uh, so it's interesting. You're just going to have to kind of damper your expectations for what you thought you were going to get moving forward. And then... It's going to be like the end of the pandemic. It, it's going to end, and then all of a sudden, bing, bang, boom, you're going to get all the shit you wanted. So, like I said, I've been saying this for weeks ever since this happened, or we were anticipating this happening. We all have so much streaming shit to catch up on. You won't be lacking on finding something to watch. You might end up watching a gem you never did before, so... I'm right. okay. And that's why, like at the beginning, we talked about stuff that we've been watching that, you know, we've been meaning to watch for a while, things that we're recommending, which isn't, you know, and, and of course they leave it up to Patrick to whether he wants to run with that in the future, but it's not a bad idea to kind of say, cause we're all like, you're saying it's, it's been a downtime, there's, you know, there's right a whole bunch of stuff that's already been committed to come out between like Labor Day and Christmas, to be honest with you. Right. Like it's already in the can right. done. You, I mean, peace. I think we're getting Peacemaker and and uh, the boys and everything else. Right, so. and you raised a good point. Something I was going to talk about before I kick it over to Ray. That you know, an industry that got so heavily impacted by the pandemic that for them to have another delay that's not world-ending related sort of thing, um, it isn't exactly the best of situations for this industry. That is kind of under the microscope a little bit the last year. You know, people are looking at this genre, superheroes, nerdy sort of stuff a little bit more seriously and a little bit more critically. And you you hear the both sides and, and big time negative reviews coming from trailers. And it, it's just it, to me, it's like, you know, here we are in our what is this? The fourth year of this podcast. And I think like our industry, the stuff we covered is under the crucible more so than it's ever been. And now you've got this delay causing, you know, the writer strike causing a further delay. Ray, turn it over to you. Your thoughts on Deadpool 3 going forward, these other series getting delayed, and just the general feeling that you're getting from, you know, is this is this something that the the industry survived the pandemic? This is a little bit different. How does it cope with what's going on and the impact, the broader impact to the industry that's taking place? I echo a lot of tiny sentiments. Um, first and foremost, it's, it's this is no secret. We've dealt with dozens of writer's strikes before. So in that vein, I don't think it's the biggest of deals, although this one seems significant given the shift in general media. But also, you can't get you can't get any worse or any lower than the pandemic. So I think that while can be a concern, it's almost like a badge of strength and honor that if we can work and deal with that, we can deal with any anything. And to your and to Tony's point again further, there's a ton of things that are already done or almost finished and are being CGI'd or being uh, in in post production or whatever it is. Um, and kind of using that to steer over to Deadpool three, Ryan Reynolds does a big part. He's not just the face of the movie and the producer of the movie, but he's in the writers' room. And Tony alluded to it, but I'm gonna say it even more, like even more matter of fact. Ryan Reynolds writes a lot of the dialogue, whether it's on the page or whether it's 
improvisationally. So that's a movie that makes sense to me that could go forward because with two people like Ryan Reynolds and like Hugh Jackman, because while Hugh Jackman may surely be playing off reading what is on the script, if you've seen that man's Broadway experience and the things he's able to do, he's very, very well versed in being improvisational. And he knows that character like the back of his hand. He's played it like eight, nine times now. I can see doing portions of this movie that don't need the writers for it. But every movie isn't going to be like this. Blade needs a concrete script. The Thunderbolts and vacillating between all of those characters and the and going to Tiamat Island and the possibility of it being the Savage Lands and or Genosha and or Adamantium and or all the other things that's possibly going to happen in this movie, you know, with the possibly a Red Hulk cameo from Harrison Ford, of all people. Like, there's so much in that movie that it needs to have something concrete. So I get that. One, but we know what's happening at Thunderbolts. We have an idea. We get the idea of where Blade is going. We may not know the story, but we get the idea of where it's going. We're getting to more of the horror side of Marvel like we did with Wherever by Night. Wonder Man, this hurts this because I can see them even squashing it all together. Yep. Because the, one, because Wonder, I don't think Wonder Man... Kevin Feige is a genius, and he's he's the best at this. He'll find a way to make it important. But right now, if you're looking at the list of all the Marvel shows and all the movies, and even if you want to throw whatever few uh, special presentations they got, special features, where does Wonder, Wonder Man fall into the category of this is important for the future? No, and I'll, I'll, like, I'll go one step further. Some of these projects have got to be flyers, right? And Wonder Man yeah. is a flyer. And you're, yes. you're saying, if, if this... And, and like I wanted to mention to you, Ray, you, you know, you talked about the pandemic is still very fresh in everybody's mind because it's still going mm-hmm. on and to a certain extent. Does that does the memory of that and that impact that that had on this industry and, you know, David's ass lost full of shit. It's not love of work that's going to end this thing. But does the threat of, hey, you know, this this could really impact our industry negatively like we just went through. Does that get these guys back to the table and get them to start no. talking? No, if anything, I think it I think it makes them stay off longer because because the writers have learned we've had to change our whole entire lifestyle for this. So if we could deal with that, we can deal with another six months to be paid and treated like actual people with worth worth a damn. Fair enough. Tony. Uh, it's, it's brand new DCU universe storyline connectivity wise. You say Wonder Man could be a flyer and that's possible. But much like Blue Beetle. There are some intentional non-flyers that you haven't heard of that are integral for whatever story James Gunn is telling because he's telling the story he wanted, and that makes sense to us. When Wonder we, Man's we Marvel, brother, by the way. What's that? Wonder Man's Marvel, by the way. Oh, who am I thinking of on the DC side that got canceled then? All the things that got canceled, Bad Girl. Yeah. No, and you're, talking about, you're talking about flyers? I'll give you a flyer that another is... Howard, another Howard the duck moment from pc tony <laughs> <laughs> the greatest Here's dc character of all time they're, they're like they're so <sighs> so lucky that it's finished because echo was um, it's gonna be out of here had this it been in this moment but the fact that it's filmed and finished and it's coming out in like november december alequa cox is so lucky this, this show's finished because what is unless the only thing about this about that show that connects everything and matters is the further inclusion of Kingsman. But we got Daredevil coming out if it's they finish next year, which you could have played it to that. 
But I'm if I'm looking forward to see an Echo show, just like I would have been able been looking forward to see the Wonder Man show. What about but, what about Ironheart? I, no, that's important. I, I mean, are, are, is that in jeopardy right now? Well, well no, because they haven't even. Well, yeah, they have started. No, because the the no, because the I'm sorry, Tony, the the script is finished. They're filming Ironheart. If this, as long as the script is finished, Armor Wars, I mean, on the other hand, we're well, already going to be waiting until about 2027. I'm telling you, bro. man, 2027. Go ahead, Tony. <laughs> you know, the, no, the flub I made, though, can still be applied to what we're talking about, right? Sure, sure. Like, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, it applies over there. Not everything you think is, is just something like, let's see if they like this. It could ultimately be, you know, I don't care if they like it or not. This is important to our story. This is how we make it make sense, you know. Well, Guardians was a flyer. Yeah, it was on the DC well, side though. On the DC- I know that. Yeah, I think the way that James Gunn wanted to portray the first movie with having music so connected to it was a flyer, juxtaposed to just having I mean. Guardians in general. No, what I mean is, and I'm and I mean this genuinely, literally, comic book nerds never heard of the Guardians of the Galaxy before. Guardians was a flyer. Ant Man we'd, we'd was a flyer. We'd heard yeah, of him. We'd yeah, heard of him, well, but they didn't. It didn't. It wasn't I don't something know that so like so much a flyer as much as like that's all we had. Like they didn't have the rights to a lot of stuff. It wasn't. They had the so rights much, to a lot more cosmic yeah, stuff. Like, I'm sorry, Guardians David. was just like comic nerds had heard of it and read them, and they've been integral in stuff like Infinity War and things like that. But it wasn't a property that jumped out at you and said, "Oh yeah, right. this is and this so, is tailor made to be an so, MCU property." My club is even more so coming to effect because yes, it, you're getting what James Gunn loves and what his universe is because that was James Gunn and, and he loved the Guardian. Here's the thing. It, Gunn is the principal guy responsible for doing whatever's going on with DC. I don't think he's on strike. And as long as he's not on strike and still writing, DC can persist. Now, are there certain things that you look at as part of his grand scheme that might be in jeopardy like creature commando probably not because he's dead set on that being the kickoff and of the all superman this. movie because he's currently oh, right yeah, absolutely superman. and they've almost and there's a lot of rumors about who they're casting for superman in that one where are we all still on when this is going to end because i'm firm that before at the latest at the latest in between Thanksgiving and Christmas, but before the holiday season starts in the fall. I'm with you, Tony. There is no movement. I haven't heard any movement happening as far as the strike. Gonna, Nobody's you're, moving you're in one past, direction or another. Yeah, get, well, it's the summer. Oh, oh, damn. I, I got, I'm off for the summer. Like, I've been there a couple times, you know. We've already got, oh, we've already got this stuff. To to work. I, you know, yeah. I, got, I got a little saved up. I'm good. It's not a big deal. I can get a job and, when and I think need about to get it. You've job. got Spider-Verse coming out next weekend. You've got The Flash. Right. Secret Invasion is <laughs> coming out in June. <laughs> the other side yes the the you know everybody's handled from putting out content so i think once you get past labor day and you're like oh man it's almost halloween maybe we need to talk about this yeah i Um, i think once you get closer to the holiday season the uh the pucker factor will increase a little bit so there's the title of this episode the pucker factor Ah, pat might not throw pat might not throw his phone at the wall for that one but maybe i like that I like the pucker factor. The pucker factor. I, but it's 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 adequate because as soon as you get to the point where we've talked about it, when the content has dried up, the scripts have dried up, and there's nothing on the horizon, yeah, the pucker factor becomes real. The problem is, is if you flub it up, you, you know, it becomes the, the fucker packer. The fucker packer? Okay. Uh, fuck the packers? No, we would never say that, Tony. 
Well, you might say it next year, but I'm a Jets fan. But Jets fan <laughs> Let's talk about uh, rumors. We've been talking about rumors. Here's a big one that's coming out the last week, and it's got people on both sides of the fence equally excited and, and not so much. Rumor that Sam Raimi might be directing Secret Wars. Tunney's nipples are kind of uh, standing at attention for this sort of thing. Tunney, uh, Sam Raimi, we last saw him in a Marvel movie in the Multiverse of Madness, which had yeah, some mixed reactions. He paid some fan service to a lot of us and then killed off everybody pretty inconsequentially, apparently. Rest but, in power, Black Bolt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and John Krasinski as Reed Richards and everybody else involved, Captain Carter. You're all dead. Uh, Tony, I'll turn it over to you first. Sam Raimi, of course, you know, best known for Spider-Man 2 and some of in Spider-Man 1 and that sort of thing. Uh, not so much for Multiverse of Madness. Secret Wars, which I know, I don't know if you've read the graphic novels and, and kind of have an idea of what's going on there. But what are your thoughts of them bringing him back in to direct what probably is going to be the most important movie of, I guess, Phase 6? What are your thoughts on this thing? I I enjoyed um, Multiverse of Madness. I actually went and saw that with my mom. Um, you know, she loves the, she's a Star Trek fan. So she likes anything, you know, intergalactic and things of that nature and just kind of, you know, uh, stretching the reality that we know. I, I'm okay with that. Like, this is someone that has proven that they can put something out there that might not be for everybody, but it's going to hit hard with a lot of people. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know this story that well, but I'm I'm okay with Sam Raimi being there, and I think you guys are too, to be honest. Ray, are you okay with Sam Raimi as the director for Secret Wars? Uh... So okay, Sam Raimi is very qualified. I am a fan of Sam Raimi's movies, particularly his comic movies. I want a different perspective. We have had this for the for the for the big team ups and for the. I'm counting stuff like Spider-Man No Way Home and and uh, Multiverse of Madness as like the big multiversal movies, right? It's like an We've Avengers had, movie. Sure, it's almost Avengers level. We've had the same three or four people. And nothing wrong with that. But I'd like to see a different perspective on it. So, you know, respect to the Russos, respect to my homie James Gunn, respect to can, Sam Raimi, can respect I to all these to, people. Can I jump in before you get to that next spot? Because I know you were turning the corner. Because I want to say something, though. Don't you always need something to buffer after you're done with something that was so great? Something's going to get shit on no matter what it is. And you hope to just do something really solid until you can move on to the next thing that everybody's going to say was so great. Because, you know, when you the build up from, you know, Age of Ultron, Infinity War, Endgame, you know, back to Avengers 3 or whatever you got to fucking do there. And now we just got to sit for a little bit. You got to find a way to not, you know, you can't just your best idea isn't going to go over right after you just hit the ultimate grand slam. Do you know what I'm saying? Does that mm -hmm. make any sense? It, yes. Something had to pay the price. And hopefully it was integral enough to look back and go, you know what? May not have loved it that much at the time, but it was a really smart way to get where we were going to hit another ultimate grand slam again down the road because wow. you can't do it all the time. You can't got to be WWE. You can't be AEW. Here's here. Wait, what? Uh, here's the thing. So um, you look at Multiverse of Madness. There is going to be a definite multiversal element to Secret Wars. Secret Wars, by all accounts, in my opinion, is going to be this second, this last phase six is endgame. 
I don't think it's Kang Dynasty. I think it's Secret Wars. No, it's very clearly the end game because it yeah because that's right. the end of the of this right Infinity so Saga got, and the multiverse saga. You've yeah. got a multiversal component which I think Raimi handled pretty well in Multiverse of Madness. I'm not going to say it was flawless. He handled it pretty well. But that's... Even Doctor Strange, because Dormammu, the Dark Dimension. I'm sorry. Yeah, Dormammu, I'm here to bargain. But anyway, I, it, there's there's an element of Secret Wars that is multiversal, but yeah, all that on-screen stuff, how do you manage these personalities? The people who, the entities that are likely coming back, you know, who they're, who they're going to bring back from the past, from multiple dimensions. Um, my concern is with Sam Raimi, didn't he did Spider-Man 3, didn't he? He did all three of them. He did all three of them. Uh, we saw how we saw how it I wasn't so. handled so well in, in Spider-Man Three. We, th- yeah, look it up. I I I think it was him in Spider-Man. But he was hamstrung by Sony, if I'm not mistaken. Why Spider-Man well, Three? It was, just, it was just the question of how too many characters I- I- on screen at once and not hand, and it just didn't come across that well. Multiverse of Madness, I think that came across much more effectively. Mm-hmm. All three. He did all, all three. three. So all three. Um. So Army of tr- Darkness. Evil Dead. Right. Evil Dead so his track record with this big super team up sort of thing, a little mixed right now. And Secret Wars is going to be probably one of the most <laughs> diverse, multifaceted, multiversal, big time superhero team up superhero versus each other superheroes versus supervillains of all time, including potentially Endgame. So I don't know. I, I'm I'm like you, Ray. I, I'm kind of split. I'm kind of torn on this thing. I'm like, yeah, he could do it. Would I want to see somebody else do it? Probably. Do I have any suggestions as to who I'd rather see do it? Not really at this well, point. So here's the thing. I appreciate that Sam Raimi created what we know now as all the Doctor Strange visual visual effects. That's his thing. Right? He's behind all of that, right? I appreciate that James Gunn essentially created what the cosmic world looks like thanks to Guardians, right? You know, I appreciate that the Russos basically created what respected Josh Whedon. He's a piece of shit, but he was the first Avengers guy. But they really perfected the idea of these big team-up movies and how they're supposed to look in scale. Like, I appreciate look, look that. Look at Endgame. Especially when we get to King Dynasty and when we get to particularly Secret Wars, and we don't know what Secret Wars we're doing. We don't know if the Beyonder's here. We don't know if this is the thing where Doom goes and takes the power. We don't know what's happening, and and my boy well, Owen Molecule Man is is powering everything. We, we don't could, know where we're going. We don't know what you're saying. What, what would you guys put your money on then? I like the Beyonder. I like Doom, but you know then they, like, then they got rumors that Antonio Banderas is going to be Galactus. If Galactus is brought in, all bets are off. Well, but Galactus is, is all here. Too. Galactus would already be around because Galactus is Galactus though. He 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 listens to Arishim, if I'm not correct. As long as, but the point as, I'm as long as to... he's not a cloud, I'm okay with it. My name is sure. Galactus. Hello. But the, the point I'm trying to it. make is the point I'm trying to make you will enjoy it. You will be inside me. The point I'm trying to make is Puss in Boots. Sorry, I'm done. Go ahead, finish. No, I'm done. No, you're not. Go ahead. Favorite Sam Raimi movie? Oh, Spider Man two for sure. But go ahead, sure. Ray. That works. No, that's okay. Quick, go ahead. The quick and the dead. Ray, you were you were saying something. What, what are you? No, nah, it's it's over. Go ahead. <laughs> the moment, it's just no the moment's ruined. You got, you got distracted by Galactus Pandaria. Oh, I'm not distracted. It just happens every show. I try to make a point. I can't make. So it's cool. It's it's good. Sam Raimi, uh, Spider Man so, Two was dope. Spider Man Two. He expected it. Couldn't couldn't deliver. He wanted both. he wanted Galactus and boots. Is is that? Come on. 
Great. Just tell us what you're talking about. I'm sorry. Right. No, it's good. We're we good. We're good. Um, if it's not Sam Raimi to do it, I mean, like, could the Russo brothers be somebody that they'd want to bring back to do like Secret Wars? And they and, want the Russos back. Yeah. The Russos but probably I, I, like, eh. The Russos, I, the, the Russos have said that's something to come back for. It's something of that bigger scale than Endgame. I, you know, the thing about Secret Wars is Sam Raimi does really well with the horror elements. We've seen that, saw that in Multiverse of Madness. And I don't know, Secret Wars, I agree with you, Ray, we don't know what Secret Wars we're dealing with. We don't know, is it Beyonder, is it Doctor Doom, is it Galactus, somebody in between, somebody, Kang, who knows. I don't expect the movie to have a heavy lean towards the horror elements, do you? Yeah, no, no. And if that's no. the case, then yeah, Raimi may not be the best choice for that sort of thing. But I mean, like this and, big scope that they're going to have to do, like an end game ish, end game ish scope of a, an event. I, I have my doubts about him. I I don't I don't know. We don't we can't say anything until we know what the, what the movie is going to what the idea of the movie is going to be about. How can you not have a, 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 a just at least a slight horror ish element to it when you're involving the scrolls though? No, that's secret, secret invasion. Wars? That's secret invasion. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about two different things. Yeah. Jesus Tony, Christ. Tony's gonna recant area. Howard the Duck, the greatest DC character of all time. So a long so day. The one thing we can almost guarantee is at the end of at, speaking of Sam Raimi at Raimi, at the end of Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, Cleo comes and said there's an incursion coming. And the Doom version of Secret Wars was because of an incursion. So that seems like the road we're going down. Which, again, further makes me disappointed that Adam Driver isn't doomed. Because imagine Adam Driver making all this. I don't know. But I'm with it. The Beyonder would be more fun to me. Only because you can take this part of the... You can take the nineteen, the 90s and 2000s X-Men movies and put them here. And you can take Toby's Spider-Mans. You can put them there. You can take this and you can put them there. And then everybody can be... That's how you can bring everybody into the same world. I just feel like the Beyonder is going to be so hard to explain or to, to, I don't know, encapsulate on screen, you know? We're going to get Battle World? I hope so. Well, essentially. But but even in even in the Incursion version, it still is a form of Battle World. Ooh, incursion version. Point. There's the title for this episode. Yeah. yeah that's that's right. You know who the Beyonder's brother is, right? Huh? You know who the Beyonder's brother is, right? I forget. Who's... Just of Biscuits. <laughs> Howard the Duck? No. The, the Grandmaster. So, right. So it's not going to be that hard to explain them when you've already seen his brother. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, are we, yeah, that's right. We just did get, get the Grandmaster. So I mean, is a lot of this connected to the X-Men, too? Could be. I mean, well, if, if, if they follow if they follow anything about Secret Wars, even remotely, right? It's so, like, the entirety of the MCU, the uh, entirety of the Marvel Universe. Everybody, yeah. Everybody. Everybody's for the game. That's why, as much as dope as it was that they gave a little tease at the end of Miss Marvel, I no, no, well, number one, I, I don't like how they've erased in humans. I don't like that. But this Secret Wars should have been, in my opinion, how the X Men are introduced because, like I've mentioned to you guys, we've had twenty plus years of all these movies, and there's been no hint of any mutant ever, ever, ever. Go ahead, Tony. Tony, so just as long as we get a decent Dark Phoenix appearance somewhere in this whole thing, then Ray's like, no, we don't need any more Dark Phoenix in our lives ever. Yeah, they've uh, they haven't got that right at all. I wouldn't ever. even be mad if we don't ever have Jean Grey. Here's the thing, though, he has such a long cinematic history, right? I mean, Raimi? yeah, 
I mean, what would you most like this to shadow slash mirror if it was to in its own way towards this story in this element? Because like I brought up the quick and the dead. And what if it's like Mandalorian style? Like it's a it's a it's a it's a kind of like a comic Western thing and, and a battle like that where, you know, it, does that make any sense at all? Like where like we kind of we no, we just pull from that you know genre to hit it on those tones, but in this comic book kind of way. Maybe it just like it would be tough to tell that in the context of uh, Secret Wars, I think. But you never know. I mean, it just depends how they portray it. But that that's a tough sell. Well, how do how do you guys want to see it done then? Secret Wars is essentially if you and I'm forgive the the pun here, but if you take WrestleMania and you add it to the Super Bowl and you put it during the week of the Olympics, that's Secret Wars. Literally, like there, there, the there Olympics is we're going to be on, but goddamn, there's the Super Bowl and what else was going on? And WrestleMania. Oh, at the same well, time. And, and Hogan slammed Andre. Could you believe it? In the middle of it all. In the multiverse. I, we'll see, man. We'll see. We're away. We're quite a ways away from that. But yeah, I mean, Raimi, maybe. I don't know. I like the incursion version better. Thank you, Ray, for that. We are going to take our second commercial break, then we'll come back and finish up some little news nuggets around the Nerdosphere. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds right here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of thechairshot.com. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, all the way from across the pond, a one man with no Instagram. I am telling you right now, you're about to get busted open with Chair Shot Radio. Make sure you check them out every Friday, giving you the best oh, in fuck. news, views, interviews, and the best. I think I hit the wrong one. I was about to say, Kenny did a new commercial. You know, that that's close enough, Tony. We don't need... This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. That's awesome. I, I, I like I like the other version. I mean, it's you know, Ray is applauding you, Tony. Excellently done. Very it was a well. commercial for Ray and Chris, by the way. <laughs> I just want the total package back. The total package. The oh, God. package. <laughs> Ray, oh, Ray Cash equals Barry White. That's what that was all about. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you want to yeah, get your woman in the mood. It's time to listen to Ray Cash pimp the total package. Anyway. Um, hey, is your man not standing tall enough for you? Check out the total package. <laughs> oh, God. So uh, a few little last news bits that we want to talk about. One of them, uh, got the John Wick universe apparently expanding. We got the trailer for the Continental a few weeks ago. Now we have confirmation, and I haven't seen John Wick 4, so I don't know what's going on or what's happened. It's on my wish list of things to watch. I think it just came on like Voodoo or something like that. Um, but we're going to get John Wick 5, which I don't know if Keanu's in it. I don't know if he survives. But we've got that. They're doing a video game. They've got some other series that are coming out. The John Wick universe apparently expanding. Ray, I don't know. Are you a John Wick fan? And Ray's just like laughing about it, but apparently not, huh? It's not it's Fast a, 10, that's for sure. Well, nothing's Fast 10 as of this year. The Wickverse is wild, bro. I've never seen any of these movies, but again, it is still hilarious to me that all of this shit has happened because they offed homie's dog. Like, we're still at this years later. To well, be the man's God. dog, Ray. I mean, but I mean, that's that's especially not movies, Baba Yaga's dog, man. That that's that's oh, that's bad, man. When you fuck fair. with the boogeyman's dog, I mean, that's basically Baba Yaga gets translated into the boogeyman in Russian. And uh, you've never seen any of these, huh? No, dude. But you really, you really should, man. 
I've heard, particularly John Wick 4 is amazing. I will make this one this one actual point. We complain on the show all the time about studios rehashing and rebooting and rebuilding. At least this is a brand new idea. And so do you want to expand fire. this? Yeah. So I'm not complaining. Like, there's a ballerina spinoff with Ana de Armas. Yeah. She's hot as fish grease right now. Like, okay, I can accept that. Hot as fish grease. Wow. Uh, there's one I haven't heard. Thank you, Ray. I, I'm, I've got a visual in my mind about it. Come to the South, brother. I got a ton of those. All right. Dave, Dave yes. fish don't fry in the kitchen. Beans don't burn on the grill. Nope. Took a whole lot of try in just to get up this hill. Shut up. All right. Yeah, thank you for that, Tony. That's, uh... Now we up in the big leagues. Not talking Brewers. <laughs> Ain't, no... Ain't no mountain high enough. Go Astros, huh? I'm not an Astros fan either. My team is the worst team in the league. Who's your team? No, I'm not an A's fan. My team is the second worst team in the league. The Royals? Diamondbacks. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly, right? I mean, the the A's, there's another. Uh, there's a whole other podcast about that. Anyway, Tony, have you watched any of the John Wick stuff, and what are your thoughts on the, the Wickverse, as Ray has so eloquently dubbed it? No, you needed Sopper pod with you here today i you know i don't love keanu except for two movies so yeah i'm good the, well, la- the, the lake house the, la- the lake house is a wonderful movie Tom. it's not one of them the beauty of the Wickverse is it's not going to start keanu that's the beauty of it that's right they just re get somebody uh else in there to take on the role of mantle of john wick they can do prequels yeah we just witchered fucking john wick now i'm even more excited <laughs> Wow, Witchering John Wick. We got all sorts of possible t- titles for this episode, but Dude, we can throw in some locks and keys, and Cristobal can have a good old time. <laughs> yeah, I'm man, let's Cristobal. throw Cristobal in the Wick first, Ray. What What do you think will happen there? He probably fit there better than Lock and Key. I think. Well, that's it's true. more his style. That's true. Yeah, just just yeah. Exactly. And, and it, for real, Patrick's phone is exposed. <laughs> <laughs> just keep him away from the dogs. Just keep Chris Ball away from the dogs. He, well, there's a restraining order against Chris Ball of coming within any anywhere twenty yards within animals, right? God damn, is he is he Mike Vick? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, the Vick verse. There you go. The Vick verse. The Vick verse. Victor Ball. Victor Ball. Holy shit. Speaking of speaking of contender, yeah. Speaking of football, though, Tony, you shared this with us. Uh, they're going to make Madden the movie, starring Will Ferrell as John Madden, which I think Will might have to gain a few pounds for this role. But uh, I, <laughs> I, uh, John Madden the movie. I, I guess, I guess this works. I thought for a second, I thought it was going to be based on the video game, but maybe not. Tony, what do you know about this? And and Will Ferrell is John Madden. What are your thoughts on that? I don't know uh, anything other than this is happening, and it's a story about John Madden and Will Ferrell's playing him. I would think it would be over the course of his life, going from you know an unathletic offensive lineman that didn't make the NFL, went into coaching, became uber successful, retired early, went into announcing, became an icon and a video game that will last his name into the eons of the universe forever and ever boom and the only thing i would like to have seen more in a better different concept would have been if it was a cartoon but a serious one with uh frank caliendo doing the voice of john madden because if you've never heard frank caliendo do john madden if you closed your eyes and he wasn't making jokes while doing it you would have no idea because yeah john madden is legendary this will be seen by a lot of people that video game has touched a lot of people's lives. 
got a question for you. If we're if Will Ferrell's John Madden and we're doing a John Madden sort of biograph biographical Summerall. movie, yeah, who plays oh. Pat Summerall? Good question. It's got to be another member of the of the Brat of the Brat Pack. So Carell. That's an interesting. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd would be good. Tony, you're such an SNL expert. I mean, no, I'm thinking oh, it's tough. It depends. Where you, how old is Pat Summerall? Wilson? Thing you know? Oh, you can so. you can put the the stuff for that. Owen Wilson. Yeah, yeah. I stop yelling at me. I don't know. <laughs> so so um, the, when I saw this, I laughed because I'm getting now I'm getting some some TMZ ish here. This is this is this is Ray MZ, right? Boom boom boom. RMZ. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah. Like, exactly. Sounds like RMZ my tailor made golf clubs. RMZ. <laughs> this RBZ. Hey, why are you playing? Yeah, like a dollar sign thing through the Z. That's right. Yeah, you get it. Um, like, you know, Will Ferrell and Adam McKay were were a team. Have been a team since SNL. Adam McKay was a writer in SNL, and Adam McKay's gone to write all the screenplays for these big movies, uh, Step Brothers, Anchorman, and so on and so forth. Will Ferrell, the only thing he Will Ferrell loves more than comedy and soccer is the Lakers. And Will Ferrell's dream job was playing Dr. Jerry Buss. Adam McKay created the Showtime Lakers show on HBO, and John C. Riley got the job. And he didn't talk to Will and say, Will, hey, you can't get this movie. Will just automatically thought he was going to get the role because Adam McKay is my guy. But John C. Riley looks like, like Dr. Jerry Buss, and if you've seen the show, he's amazing at it. Only reason I bring this up was because that pissed off Will so much. Will and Adam McKay split. They don't work together anymore. And well, so it's not, it's it's yeah, John C. Riley and him don't talk either. Yeah, but at least he respects that John C. Riley called him first. Like when John C. Riley got offered the role, he called Will first. So at least there's a respect there. There's no respect between him and Adam anymore. No, but the reason it made me laugh was because uh, just, just real quick, Dave. Yeah. The reason it made me laugh was because the first sports movie that they offered Will, he took it because he couldn't get Dr. Jerry Buss because nothing about him screams John Madden. But no, it, ironically, John C. Riley is more like Madden than, than Will Ferrell is, and and Will would be a good Pat Summerall. Maybe we'll see uh, that 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 yeah. But I don't know if you'll see those guys work together for no, a minute, bro. I that, it, like Will's feelings were really hurt. Yeah, I got I get you, but yeah, it's 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 a it's an interesting concept, and I think you know the the video game will be a big part of it. But yeah, Madden's life story is. Uh, it's fascinating. The Madden Cruiser, the refusal to fly anywhere, you know, that that all those eccentricities that Madden had are going to be, you know, just the immaculate reception, you know, covering stuff like that. And, and just the everything that he went through to get the Raiders to the point where they finally broke through and then they moved but, to Vegas. But also, but also what air has shown us the movie with uh, Matt Damon and Viola and Ben Affleck has shown us that. You don't have to go do a historical movie about this dude. You can just take one one period and flesh it out and make it interesting. Excuse me, right? That's true. Because Air is all, Air never touches anything about his career. That's right. So I mean, you know, this could be essentially about Madden finding out about the game. I, I, there's a million ways this could go, but Madden is an interesting, dude. So I can yeah. see why they would have him the movie. Yeah, it should be fun. It'll be it'll be uh, it'll be a good time when we eventually get it out and uh. Will Ferrell is Madden. I don't know, but he can do anything, so we will see. Last story we're going to talk about is we're coming full circle. We started with The Flash. We're coming back to The Flash, but a different version of The Flash. Flash. Tunney has mentioned he has not finished The Flash, the episode or season nine, which is really 
as far as I can tell, the end of the Arrowverse as we know it. Um, some rumors came out this week that The Flash almost had a Blackest Night crossover. And I know, Ray, you and I have talked about Blackest Night, which is one of the greatest stories in comics history. Um, the Flash kind of dabbled with it. They had the plans all planned out as to how certain events in The Flash would have echoed through the universe and gotten Necron's attention and off we go. Uh, you know, and I, I've read of stuff this week that the flash that the Arrowverse never really recovered from the events of crisis on infinite Earths. I would tend to agree with that. Tony, I, I want to turn it over to you first. You're the Arrowverse resident Arrowverse expert. In your opinion, it was crisis on infinite Earths basically the Arrowverse's shark jumping moment. Did they ever really recover from that? Flash has been a good series persistently. The other shows kind of really trailed off after that. But your thoughts, I don't know how familiar you are with Blackest Night. Would you have liked to have seen them do some sort of crossover where the absence of Green Lantern's a bigger problem than we anticipated? Your thoughts on all this stuff? I mean, anything that ends up having Flash having to take care of more than he can handle, that's kind of like all of his stuff. That's why he has a team. You know what I'm saying? Um, even though he's portrayed as like maybe the most powerful superhero ever. You know, or one of the top five. We'll put them there. Um, I have the entire four-part New World to watch for for Arrowverse for the Flash for this finale. Um, I don't know how big the Blackest Night would have been, but it's definitely something that lends itself there. I can't wait to finally watch the the end of this. And to your question, as far as talking about when Flash jumped the shark. I think it had already been not very good or as good as it was by the time they did crisis. Um, I think crisis was excellent though. You and I talked about that a lot and wanted to cover that and everything else. I think they did that wonderfully, especially since they had all the surrounding series. We talked about Supergirl before. Um, I can tell you the, the, the episode I'm on is it's my party and I'll die if I want to. And it's the one right before the four part finale and flash gets gives given um arrow's bow and he just he's like i can't keep this you know and it invokes grief in him at his birthday party so i don't know it's such a wonderful world to live in it was such a great series but i think after maybe like season four you know it was not great but i thought this last season was really good and i can't wait to watch the last four and just hopefully get some closure on my favorite soup Ray, I know we're big fans of Blackest Night. Would you have liked to have seen this in the Arrowverse? Or are you kind of like me and hoping maybe we get it in James Gunn's DCEU at some point in time? Well, first and foremost, the Green Lanterns are the most disrespected group out of all the DC major characters in general. Thank you, Ray. There, has been, there have been no Green Lanterns. I mean, and of course, we're not talking Ryan Reynolds. There have been no Green Lanterns, uh, with the exception of the OG at the beginning of Batman versus Superman. Not Batman vs Superman, uh, whatever cut. it was. Slider cut. cut, yeah. yeah. You know, so there's supposed to be in the Green Lantern Court movie, the Buddy Cop, and nothing. And, and that no may, Al- might still be coming on Max. Sure, right. sure. But there's no Alan Scott, no Guy Gardner, no Hal, no John Stewart, nothing. Tony, quick question before I answer this question. Uh, there, uh, there was no Green Lanterns in, uh, in the Arrowverse, right? I know they said John Diggle nope. was supposed to be one, but he's not, right? No. Nope. Never had a Green Lantern. Picked every other thing. I mean, like Zoom was huge. It always came back to Eobarthon for the most part. And okay. then you get you then that like towards the end, the last two seasons, you're just pulling randos um and just trying to make something happen. 
uh grod my favorite my some of my favorite stuff is grod grod is just like one of my favorite like redemption stories you know he's just right. family and they never but had the reason I'm asking, no lanterns and titans or anything like that either no the only lantern that in any of these shows was alan scott's daughter was um and um what's the with a star girl do what if they did the blackest night from the dark multiverse though did you guys talk about that already isn't there a different story well i don't know what the dark multiverse is forgive me for forgive me for not knowing i but i i know in blackest night essentially necrons like we're taking they the, we're taking over everything but to it to involves have a, it involves sinestro but there's no sinestro wasn't in the show either was he well it, that's what i'm reading right now i'm just trying so, I, I, you guys would knew i was just trying to ask you a question sinestro is <laughs> oh. a sinestro core the Blackest Night was Necron resurrecting everybody who had died and pitting yes. them against everybody who they loved, you know, basically. And that's what made it so emotional. But to your point, Ray, um, like you're saying, there's been absence of lanterns. And and, and I want to ask you this because I think you're right. And, you know, we went for so many years where they dabbled with the idea about Wonder Woman. Do we do a Wonder Woman movie? We got to get the right person. Are they just so gun shy because of what happened? Not through Ryan Reynolds fault but through the Green Lantern movie and how poorly that was portrayed, why are they so hesitant to pull? Arrowverse would have been perfect to introduce a Green Lantern. Perfect I'm, place I'm to a, introduce a Green Lantern, and they didn't. I'm going to tell you why. I think it's a mix of a few things. Number one, with respect to Hal, all respect to Hal, there's so many Green Lanterns that you don't just think of one character, right? It's the and core. So the at, core. Right, well, the core, but I mean, they're not a super, they don't work together normally. They're normally on their own unless like Blackest Night is happening or something. Galactus is like not Galactus, but you know what I'm trying to say. Parallax. Um, Parallax is coming. Right. Something major. Right. They don't, but they're normally on their own. Um, the second thing I think is maybe this is me being two in 2023, but there are a group of cops that hasn't been the most popular thing to deal with recently. Right. And 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 uh, I I. I and thirdly, and this is gonna be this, this is gonna be like controversial, particularly to you, Dave. But I think they don't see the Green Lanterns as moneymakers. The Green Lanterns don't. To I think to the people, to the powers that be, aren't a storyteller. Aren't a aren't, aren't a heroes. They're secondary heroes that help tell stories of the main characters. Like Aquaman, they're looking yes. at him like Aquaman. Although yes. we saw that they they were able to successfully do that. Yeah, I think it's. It's been a major mistake. Anytime lanterns show up, like the brief time they were in Snyderverse, got a huge pop from audiences, from fans everywhere who were just like, oh, there's a Green Lantern. It's it's just, it's a big aspect of the DC storytelling that is missing because the most powerful weapon in the DC universe is the power ring. I agree. Which is why I don't think when they do it, Hal should be the guy. Who would you do? I like think Simon or, or Jessica or somebody like that? Simon would, well, Simon and Jessica are, and comic wiser, you can't separate them. But Jessica's apparently the strongest of all the all of them. Eventually, Guy Gardner's got to be one of them. Bro. Guy and John Stewart because he's you got to have someone they know. If you're not gonna have Hal, you got to have John. I just don't want the first Green Lantern to be a douchebag like Guy Gardner. <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah, oh, sorry. Tony, boo this man. I think he's er- he's earned being booed on that one. I can't do that. But I want to ask you a question. Does you know? Everybody's like Blue Beetle, really, right? Is is any way that Blue Beetle connects to a Green Lantern down the road or anything collecting? I mean, because, like, is there any way that that's where we're working towards? Because it's the most significant thing missing 
from the, the universe, right? Like you guys have just talked about. So there's no connection in the comics between the groups, between Blue Beetle and them. The Scarab comes from a different sector, so it wouldn't even be the sector. So who's this the, particular, where's the connection? What's the most likely endpoint if we're going to get there at some point? It has to be something. Well, number one. So do you guys think James Gunn is going to do that at some point, though? Absolutely. The, the lanterns have to be here. Yeah. Yes. He's oh, that, the Green Lantern show for Max is still, as far as sure. we know, being done. Yeah, How does it fit? He said it's all connected. Yeah, he's he. Well, yeah. I mean, where does that tie into everything? Well, normally the way uh, normally the way lantern stories start is on one of the lanterns from another sector comes and dies on Earth and gives their ring to somebody, whether it's John or Hal or even Jessica. Normally that's how it happens. I don't know if that'll be the way it starts, but they got to come, bro. They got to come at some point, bro. I just it just would be it would it would be un. There's too many stories that DC tells that involve lantern and. If you don't tell the story of the Green Lanterns, then you can't tell the story of the Yellow Lanterns, because Sinestro was a Green Lantern. So then you can't tell the story of Sinestro, then you can't tell the story of Parallax, who was powered by the Yellow Light. You can't tell the story of Atrocitus, the Red Lanterns. You can't tell the story of Necron, the Black Lanterns. There's Star Sapphire, Carol Ferris, she's a Blue Lantern. Like, there's so many, there's a Purple Lantern, I'm sorry, there's, there's Indigo, whatever the color is. There's so many stories that are involved around those power rings and those, in those spectrum, the spectrum of colors. Yeah. I mean, the, the last thing we heard about James Gunn and green lanterns is back in December. Apparently he debunked the rumor that the series was being canceled. So, you know, for Gunn to come out and say, no, the series hasn't been canceled is as close to an endorsement of it as you're going to get. Um, but yeah, as to where it fits in with all this stuff that Gunn is trying to do. Um, I don't know. You got to figure flash is coming back at some point. Right. May, who knows? And maybe we get something in the Flash movie that leads you to believe Green Lanterns are coming. It's would you rather ha- Would you rather have the show take take place on Oa than be on Earth? If you're going to do the core, yes. I, I, I would not. If you're going to do a Green Lantern core show, I don't think you can limit it to Earth, right? It's got to be broader than that. It's got to show the diversity of of the Green Lantern core and and you know people like Kilowog and things like that. You got to get them involved and and. Just to show the diversity of this, of this, because like you're saying, right? If we're gonna make it after Space Cops, which is what the Green Lantern Corps is, you gotta show how distinctly different they are from humanoid forms in some respect, don't you? I agree, but also, if we're telling the story of the Green Lanterns with respect to Kilowog and all the other OGs, we're talking twenty six fourteen sector twenty six fourteen. We're not talking any other place. We're talking the Earth sector. So I'm just curious if they could pull that off. And I mean, and and then the and then the question will be, why does Earth have so many? Why does this sector have so many Green Lanterns when every other sector has one? Yeah, I mean, you, you got it. You, they need an origin story. They really do for this series. I think for the origin of the core. And so, Alan, we're going to Alan Scott. Then we're going OG. Maybe, maybe. See if Abin Sur. If we could tell this, I mean, you're going to tell the story of Abin Sur, right? So we're, we're really going back. Yeah. If we're if we're going to talk Flash stories, you could have went back to the old Justice Society with Jay Garrick and Alan Scott was a member of that team. Yeah. Honey doesn't doesn't like that. You could have gone I like there. To, I like the hat. I do like the hat. The, the, the fact that you were not getting Thawn movies is that's where you need to live with the Flash. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> I agree. I agree. It is what it is. We will we will see. All right, fellas. That's gonna do it. Before we cut out of here, though, we did want to recognize a couple of deaths that we had in the industry uh this past week, and and I use industry in the broadest term possible. 
Ray Stevenson, who was one of uh, he was one of the guys in Thor, right? I mean, he's done mm-hmm. a couple a couple of he was uh, which one of the uh, Thor's buddies was he? The Warriors Three. Yeah, the Warriors Three. He's one of the Warriors Three. He was also uh, one of the Jedi, I believe, in one of the recent Star Wars things, wasn't he? I think. Well, he was also the the I think the the original of the newer versions, right? Uh, Punisher. Right. Yeah, he was in Punisher but Warzone, wasn't he? More more so. Yes. Um, Alongside, I think it's Ian McKidd. He was the co-star of Rome. Yes, he was Volstag in Thor. Okay, right. But um, if also, Google is correct, he's in a Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we will. Yeah. So we'll see him again. Uh, but what was he? Fifty-eight? Something? You're very young. Yeah, young dude. Um, so we lost him, uh, and you know, in to steal from Patrick. Happy trails to Ray Stevenson. Rest in peace to Ray Stevenson. Bigger loss, I think, felt industry-wide and across, rippling through a lot of us who grew up with her. Tina Turner passed away this past week as well. Uh, she was in her 80s, I believe. Ray, if you can look that up for me and just kind of verify. She's in her 80s. Um, you know, Tina Turner, of course, musical icon, but also a big part of the Mad Max movies back in the day, uh, Beyond Thunderdome, and she was a a big part of that and, and just a... a a huge musical influence on so many of us. Um, so I'll turn it over to Tony first. You know, you're, we kind of mentioned Ray Stevenson, what he's in Tina Turner as well. You got, you got any final thoughts on these two um, and their untimely passing? Oh, you me first. Okay. Well, she was 83. Number one, she was 83 years okay. old, but um, you know, she was simply the best. She was a private dancer who just was amazing at what she did. I know her mom and her dad are thinking Proud Mary. And sometimes you got to ask what's love got to do with it? Everything when it comes to Tina Turner. That was, uh, that was pretty well done, Ray. A lot of, lot of song you. titles there. And, uh... Thank you. No, but Tina's a legend. Like, when you talk about like OG Divas, it's like Diana Ross and her. Like, they're like Tina's the OG of the OGs. So. Yeah, Ray Stevenson, all of 58. Jeez, that's you. Tony, uh, your thoughts on. Uh... On the passing of Ray Stevenson and Tina Turner. Uh, Proud Mary, keep on turning. I mean, she's an icon, literally. Everything she went through. um, And then just the ability to go ahead and succeed and be one of the best music icons of all time i mean her her fanship spreads across many many waves so yeah uh i still remember that scene scene in liar liar where jim carrey's trying to convince the one girl to go with the firm and he's talking about you know women's rights and all this stuff and he's like where would where would we be if uh tina just told ike you know hit me again ike and this time put some stank on it you know <laughs> jesus <laughs> what a what a line i mean jim carrey just just yeah, just deliver that so well. I mean, but I mean, of course, Tina Turner. I I do remember the Mad Max stuff and and how big a part she was in that movie. And and uh, yeah, it's it's tragic. A musical icon for sure. And just um, eighty three, eighty three, It's a good life, man. Eighty three, unlike fifty eight, which is way too young. Eighty three is like that's a good life. She certainly and accomplished. Tina- WrestleMania State. You got twenty five more. Got a few more. <laughs> And Tina lived her life, bro. She, she did. lived her life. She did. Yeah. I mean, uh, one of the biggest musical icons that, that you can uh, possibly think of. And 
They will both be missed. Gentlemen, I think that has brought us to the end of episode 185 of Bandwagon Nerds. Uh, lots of interesting show titles. I'm trying to pick up one that will not infuriate Mr. O'Dowd too much. Tony's like, eh, who cares? <laughs> We've already, you already booed him at the, at the outset. I'm sure Tony will hear I'll about you, that next week. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, probably whatever. Um, I can tell you a lot of the highest rated episodes across the platform, Chairshot Radio Network, all your favorite streaming platforms um, have had some racy titles. They do tend to attract the uh, the people. Oh, what's going on over here? So, uh, yeah, I mean, not robotic yeah. vagina. That really didn't resonate with the masses. But I think Pot is War was a pioneer for that. Yeah, you guys have had that some is, interesting stuff. Standard. Yeah, the gold yeah. Well, standard of. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, well, when you're working with those two guys. Yeah. That's true. Before we cut out of here, let's uh, let people know where can they check you out and what you got going on. Let us start with the controversial one, Mr. Nipples himself, the one and only PC Tunney. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chairshot Radio Network, all your favorite streaming platforms, uh, sports, entertainment, and sports entertainment. We got you covered. Um, this week, we got Aesop Mitchell running the podcast of trivia, and then watch out for Ray Cash right behind him. Aesop Mitchell beat the shit out of all of us on trivia. Like I said, for a guy who gets dropped on his head a lot, he's pretty smart. <laughs> he's a pretty smart yeah. guy. He's a, he's a trivia veteran, so he had already memorized the Academy Award Best yeah, Picture. Yeah, that was, that was some impressive shit there. Ray and I are still trying to recover from that humbling moment. Ray? When you're not being humbled by the violent gentleman, Aesop Mitchell, and you're not pimping the total package, where can people check you out on the Twitterverse? I oftentimes, when something big is happening or important happening, I would like to promote that other than my Twitter uh, page, because y'all are going to follow me anyway. I um, you. Just saying. Well, you've, already, you've been following me for years. That's true. But no, um, we are on the verge of a moment in time. Um, every now and then there's a TV show or uh, some type of thing in film or media or music that is um, that takes over the world and, and and gets to a point where it becomes so legendary that it will always be remembered and never forgotten. This week is the last episode of Ted Lasso. Uh, and okay. I, want, I want those of you who have never watched it to try it. I guarantee you it's one of the most humbling and, and, and wholesome and most beautiful shows you ever watch. Um, and so I would tell you to go follow at Ted Lasso just for this last episode, because it is going to be a moment and, um, it is that good to where I'd rather you follow them than follow me. Follow me next week. I'll did uh, did Patrick get you in, into that show, Ray, or did you find that on your own? I had seen I had seen it and I was like, yeah. And then Patrick was like, watch it. And then I was, because of him, I got into it. And now after every episode, we have our own chat where we have to talk about it. That's, that's it's awesome. At- it's at Ray Cash, R-E-Y is a Mysterio, C-A plus, S as in dollars, H-2-O, Ray Cash. That's not and Twitter it, handle, but you can try it. Good luck. <laughs> as for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Attitude Ag, that is at Attitude A-G-G, Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. Make sure you are following the show at Bandwagon Nerds because we love the support. And as always, Tony, you know it's coming. If we have said anything that offends you or bothers you or anything along those lines, send your hate tweets to at it's me DPP. Why, Tony? Fuck that guy. Exactly. So there you go. Right? I believe and believe. <laughs> I believe. And I like Dan, so. Well, yeah, Dan's all right. But still, fuck him. Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of Bandwagon Nerds. Everybody out there, have a very safe 
Happy Memorial Day. If you know a veteran, pay your respects to them. Go out there, respect your veterans. Have a great Memorial Day holiday. We'll be talking to you soon. Until next time, get out of the basement, maybe. I don't know, it's, it's, it's optional at this point. Get some sun. Watch some of these shows. Check out some of the great stuff we've talked about. Any of the shows we recommended at the beginning, movies, streaming series, watch that. We'll catch you next week when Mr. O'Dowd returns. Until then, so long. This is good. This is really smart. Thank you. Only, well, it's not true. I mean, does that present a problem? Mrs. Cole, the only problem here is that after you've provided years of faithful service and loving support of raising his children, they are his. Huh. Oh, yeah, yeah. One for sure. After all that, your husband wants to deny you a fair share of the marital assets based on one single act of indiscretion. Seven. Pardon me? Seven single acts of indiscretion. Seven acts of indiscretion, only one of which he has any evidence of, and all of which he himself is responsible for. Yes? Mrs. Cole, you're the victim here. The wife of a cold, distant workaholic, starved for affection, driven into the arms of another man. Seven. Yeah, whatever. You're not trying to deny him what is rightfully his. All you're insisting on is what is rightfully yours. Yeah. And maybe a fraction more. I think you're bending over backwards. Yeah. Well, I did offer to give him joint custody of the kids. He is, after all, a wonderful father. And how does he repay you? By dragging you through a painful litigation process. No, 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 this can't happen. With all due respect, this isn't about you and Mr. Cole anymore. This is about all women. Where would Tina Turner be right now if she'd rolled over and said, hit me again, Ike, and put some stank on it? Rolling on the river, that's where she'd be. But she's beyond Thunderdome because she decided to send a message. Wake up, sisters. There's no thing as a weaker sex say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress 
to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durban Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall Credit Card Bill.